0: Nut Nerd Podcast, Episode Eighty Eight Juggernaut. Welcome to
1: Episode Eighty Eight the Not Nerd podcast. I'm Nate Heath and I'm here with a very
0: excited <laughs> Dave Baylor. Don't drive, don't don't hit 88. You're going to go back in time. Yes. This, it seems like this show is always about back to the future references. Well, It was very iconic.
1: Yes, so, it was. 88. 88. A uh, little bit of follow up this week. We're here to talk to you guys about technology, but a lot of you guys kind of asked you know how can we help the podcast? Obviously, the best thing is tell other people, ask us questions, mail us
0: gold bars.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, large you, unmarked bills. If you
0: know how to do that Bitcoin thing, I think it's up oh. to four thousand dollars a coin now. So that's, just send us a hundred of those.
1: That's crazy because I think we talked about that, and I probably talked a little bit about my theory about how it was just because all the ransomware that it's gone up so much. But man, I really wish I would have <laughs> bought someone who was like five hundred a couple. I know that would have been a good investment, but.
0: Yeah. Or it could have been a bad investment when it went down to a dollar.
1: Yes. That is a great reminder to never take financial advice from us. We're not financial professionals. We just, we can't uh, even manage our own stuff on TV, play one on podcast. I play Uh, a doctor on the internet. Yes. But you guys ask how you can help because uh, we like to think, and you seem to say uh, whether it's just to be nice or what, that we provide value to you with helping you tech better. Um, and, One that we usually talk about later in the episode, but I figured I'd talk about it now. We are part of the Amazon.com affiliate program. We both love Amazon. We love Amazon Prime. We do way too much shopping on there.
0: I keep trying to buy all their tablets and use them. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) None of them work very good. (laughs)
1: Single-handedly affecting their tablet sales numbers percentage. (laughs) Um, But we're part of their affiliate program. So if you you can go to Amazon.notnerd.com, we created a special URL on top of notnerd.com there. Uh, if you go to that, it'll redirect you to Amazon or any of the Amazon links on our website or in any of the show notes. It'll take you to that, and it tags it so that then we get a small percentage back yeah. on whatever you...
0: And what's, what's great about that is when you go there once, amazon.notnerd.com, your browser kind of remembers it. So the yeah. next time you type in Amazon, it wants to fill in com, yes. So it's... Yeah, because
1: then every time you go there, it gives us a little kickback and helps us uh, be able to put more time into it and invest more in you guys and helping you tech better. But last week, my pick of the week was a fun little website called 10yearsago.io. And I thought it'd be fun every once in a while to go on there. One of the sites they have is Amazon and see what was... The top things on the front page of Amazon 10 years ago. So I'm clicking on it now.
0: First off, the design is terrible. Oh,
1: man. Old school. Uh, so, yeah, this is, you know, 2007. The web's changed a little bit. Books, bestsellers. Man, this is a time capsule. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Book 7. And Eclipse Twilight, book three, both of which I think we have yeah. in the room with us. If the Harry Potters aren't here, they're in several other rooms because we have multiple copies. Now your
0: your oak cases here with yes. the big library, they some of them go up like twelve.
1: Yeah, we don't we high. don't have time to climb the ladder right now to <laughs> so look at all the books.
0: Sometimes when you're not around, I like to slide back and forth on that <laughs> yes. ladder. But, um, but yes, they're here somewhere.
1: Yes, and so then we go down. We've got summertime, so the go big, go bonsai with backyard water slides, which are still big. And then we've got a bunch of um point and shoot cameras and camcorders, the real the original Wii Nunchuck controller. Oh um, yeah. The top apparently <laughs> I don't know if this is tracking on me somehow or what, but on the right-hand side, one of the uh, boxes is top sellers in table tennis, updated (laughs) hourly. So apparently table tennis wasn't an Olympic year. I don't know what quite was going
0: on there. As far as technology goes, there's one on mine that says, get the new sidekick, the phone. Oh, yes. Yes. the screen popped oh, yeah, up, there so there's it a is. keyboard, and then you turn it on its side, and you listen to it on a phone, like, vertically.
1: Man. Anyway, and they had their Amazon daily blog, so they had posts going, and it looks like they're actually, through this site, they're referencing uh, archive.org, which yeah. archives website. so and one um, of th- I don't know how deep you could dig in here, but...
0: Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't have every product from then. It's just kind of the front pages oh. and stuff.
1: This is priceless. I just clicked on the blog. The most recent blog post on Amazon's daily blog from August 10th, 2007. Creative beats Apple to 16 gigabytes. Creative has stolen some thunder from Apple's iPod Nano by being the first to reach the 16 gigabyte threshold in flash memory based digital audio players with its new Zen V+. Uh, you know, the Creative Zens, the ones <laughs> that overtook Apple and put them out of business. Um, they've held the price to about $250. Uh,
0: Comparable was, to the 8-gig iPad, iPod, iPod Nano.
1: Yes, this was long yeah. before iPad. Yes. Um, so that's... Uh, it. Also, the Creative Zen had an FM tuner built in with 32 presets, a voice recorder, and it can be used as a mass storage device and synchronizes with Outlook. Oh, so you could man. save all your emails to your MP3 player. You can even <laughs> expect a decent battery life with all of this, giving up to 18 hours of continuous playback.
0: Wow. Man. Another tech product, product they have on their front page uh, that nobody uses anymore is the uh, GPS unit, oh, a yes. Garmin GPS. I think we talked about that last week.
1: I think we talked about it after show. We were looking yeah. through this. and
0: Nobody – who – Okay, everyone out there in Radio Land, raise your hands if you use a standalone GPS device versus your smartphone for navigation.
1: If you can prove that to us, we might have a prize for you. Yeah, I want to Uh, see photos. Which would be a free training on how to use GPS on your phone. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so interesting stuff. Ten years ago on Amazon. Crazy to think uh, how far we've come that quickly. But on with the other stuff. More follow-up. We've talked a lot about password managers. And there are two big ones. I use LastPass, you use one password. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there was some tech bubble outrage. <laughs> so big quotes around the outrage this last week. That LastPass, who was bought by LogMeIn, who does remote software stuff, that some people don't like a whole lot because of their pricing tiers and everything. Yeah, Because people don't like to spend money. And I understand that. So LastPass was purchased by them a year or so ago. They said nothing's going to change. Well, for the LastPass, the cheapest payment plan was a dollar a month. So I always told people $12 a year, that's worth it to have good passwords. Yes. Well, they updated that. What? To Dave, what would you pay?
0: <laughs> I'm not going to pay over ninety nine $1.99. It- Oh well, this stuff.
1: then you are out because it's two dollars a month now. Nope, so, not going to pay it. Uh, which I forget with the new one password. I think it's two or three dollars for like the basic plan, and of course they have different plans. There, so that's their premium is two dollars a month. They have a team one, which I believe is three dollars a month. Um, so, but here's my thing. So the business plans, that oh, mm-hmm. business plans, Teams is 242 a month. And that's what I use for some of the work that I do so that yeah. we can share passwords for, you know, we have 25, 30 different IT clients with a full set of companies' passwords for each one. Yeah. And we can have it all in LastPass and track it all and be able to have access to all the passwords mm-hmm. instead of sending a text message back. Hey, what giant, was that password? Yeah,
0: a giant spreadsheet.
1: <laughs> yes or written notebook that we have to meet up in a dark alley and compare <laughs> yeah. notes on. And then they have an enterprise level which is, you know, for large enterprises at $4 a month, which what? still is yeah. very reasonable.
0: And for the business, we're talking per person. Per person yeah. per month. Yes. But generally in an organization, you only need a handful of people to manage it. Yes. Stuff.
1: But I started looking at it and I realized For most of our listeners, for my personal needs, Dave, probably for your personal needs, their free tier now Mm -hmm. really is everything you need. It used to be for the free one, you could only use it on one device. So if you set it up on your computer, it wouldn't sync to your phone. Well, now the free one, it'll sync to all your different devices, Apple Watch, Android, everything. And you get uh, one-to-one sharing. So I could say, oh, Dave, here's my you know." Facebook password, can you go delete a bunch of stuff because you hate Facebook for me? Yeah, yeah. Um, save and fill passwords, password generator, which I like that because you just hit a button and it comes up with a completely random great password. Sh- secure notes, security challenge, and the multi-factor authentication So you're like, okay, so what do I even get if I pay this $2 a month? That's
0: all gobbledygook. Yes.
1: So the premium includes one-to-many sharing. So I could say, hey, everybody that listened to the Not Nerd podcast, here's this password I'm going to share to your LastPass account to log into something. I don't know why you'd need that. Uh, Emergency access, which is a – that's a good one for like you could have your spouse or a business partner be able to log in in case – Mm-hmm. You're incapacitated. Um, advanced multi-factor options, you don't need that. Priority tech support, you're not going to need that. LastPass for applications, I've never used that. And a gigabyte of encrypted file storage. So I'm saying, I'm going to go on the record now, the free version of LastPass for 99% of people is going to be an awesome, awesome uh, solution for it you might as
0: well use it it's free and it's helpful yeah. and it's going to help you tech better so let's do it let's yeah. sign you people up
1: yes yes maybe we'll do a little tutorial on that to get you guys because it is really easy especially when you go in and set it up on your computer it'll search your whole com- your browsers on your computer to find any passwords you have saved mm-hmm. pull them all in then once you add them they're just there and it's great uh, next up Comcast more follow-up the, we've talked about cutting the cord a ton, and I talked about how I went back to Comcast and their Xfinity service. Well, on their X1 box, which I really like the interface for and everything, they had the Netflix app. Well, they just announced they're adding the YouTube app to that too. Mm. So, from just with your cable box, you'll be able to, you can already do Netflix, you can do all your cable, DVR, on demand stuff, and then you'll be able to do YouTube, which is. Obviously, Netflix and YouTube is a massive amount of content viewed. I just thought that was interesting. They keep adding these features because they want people to still keep paying for cable. And when you look at the holistic cost for a lot of people, depending on what you want to watch, the Comcast X1, if you can get it on a discount, is a pretty good deal.
0: And it's not often that we have good things to say about Comcast. No,
1: no. And most people don't. And... At times I won't, but, uh, they do have a pretty good product and they're putting work into it. That's one thing for a long time. It was like, you get your cable box Mm -hmm. and then seven years later, maybe if you have a problem, they'll go, Oh, there, we have a new model that came out a decade ago. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And they they actually, there's some new power saving features, some automatic update it did. It'll tell me, Hey, we saved three hours of electricity because nothing was set to record and you weren't watching TV, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is a week of follow-up. Last week, we briefly talked about Apple's uh, quarterly results. Well, I saw a little piece of those quarterly results that uh, really put things into perspective for me. So Apple's services, Mm -hmm. which is everything basically that's not their hardware. So paying for iCloud, buying stuff in iTunes, buying apps, buying Candy Crush gold bars. Yeah. Everything that you pay money for that you don't get something physical in return goes under their services. Well, if you took their services and separated it out to an individual company, it would be a Fortune 100 company now just for the services. Wow. And they just eked out Facebook's entire business with just their services because you think about when you hear about facebook you think one of the biggest companies in the world well if you <laughs> threw away the iphone if they stopped making the iphone didn't sell any more computers just their services which obviously wouldn't exist if they didn't have their <laughs> devices but that would be more money came in the last year than facebook so
0: one word to describe apple at this point juggernaut
1: juggernaut yes ninety uh, seventh place in the fortune uh top one hundred facebook's entire business uh apple's last four quarters of service revenue total almost well, was twenty seven point eight billion dollars facebook was twenty seven point six four billion so just eked ahead but uh it shows you that apple is a very big company they're saying maybe with the expected great sales on the new iPhones that they could become a the first world's first trillion dollar company.
0: Well, I'm looking at one of these charts which is very complicated and has numbers all over the place. Yes. And we actually not nerd compared to Apple's Q4 in 2016 for their Mac platform. Yes. They had a negative 17.5% growth. We actually beat them out. Yeah, our year-on-year
1: change. Uh, We were positive on that. We were. With our Amazon affiliate program. Yeah,
0: so take that, Apple.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny when you get into... I actually have another story to talk about later uh, where the percentages... You can really skew things with a graph and how you look at numbers. Um, One of the last things I wanted to talk about I don't want to get into it too deep because we're still probably about a month out on the actual release. But uh, I talked to you over the weekend and I said I knew that you had put the iOS 11 beta, mm-hmm. iPhone's next software, on there. And they're in version – I think the public version is 4. Yeah,
0: public um, beta 4, developer beta 5.
1: Yes, which is when they start getting a little more stable. And so I asked you – is it working okay? And you said yes. Yeah. So I installed it on my phone. And uh, I am really excited for iOS 11. I know we were talking about it after they kind of released the features. But now that I'm, I was using it on my iPad. But obviously I use my iPhone a ton more. And, Way more. And have a lot more workflow with that. And I'm really liking a lot of the features. And I think it's going to be uh, a real nice improvement. There will be a couple things to get used to. But overall mm-hmm. it's going to be a great update. Um, and it should be out. You know, usually mid-September, they're saying that uh, the iPhone announcement, this is good to know, Is will probably either be Wednesday, I think it's September 6th, so two days after Labor Day, or the next Tuesday after that. Um, they usually like to do it early in September, yeah. but not the day after Labor Day, give people time to travel after the holiday. So
0: I encourage you to, one... If you're going to be purchasing any type of smartphone to hold off and wait yes. for Apple's announcement next month, and two, if you're thinking about putting iOS 11 on your devices, mileage may vary. Yes, I have an iPhone 6s Plus, 64 gigabytes, which is completely different device from Nate's iPhone 7 Plus, 120 or is it two fifty six? So they're completely different generations of devices. Yeah. He may have problems that I don't have, and vice versa. So just because one person says, hey, it works fine for me, it may not work fine yeah, for you. So, so really is... think about what you use your phone for and how you depend on it before you start dropping beta software onto it.
1: That's a very good note on that. And with that, another it's time for another good note. Dave, it's
0: time for your Pro Tip of the Week. Yes. So this tip is going to be helpful for everyone across all platforms. Yes. Now, sadly, I have to report that last week – my wife's phone went missing. Yes. And doing some investigative practices, it seems that some nefarious person on her job site premises took off with her phone. Mm. And it's very sad and it makes you shameful for the human condition that someone would walk by, grab a phone and take it and yeah. you know, try to sell it for 50 bucks to get meth or something like that. Yes. But it happened um step 1 If I were to talk about things that you should do in this scenario, step one, if you think your phone's missing, you should get on to iCloud.com, or if you have an Android phone, they have uh, the appropriate websites to go to, and you should lock your phone. You should put it in lost mode. Mm -hmm. Here's your options. You can do find my phone, which shows you where it is on a map if it's fired up and, and operating. Two, you can put it in loss mode, which allows you to put a short message on there and it locks the phone. Uh, You can play a sound, you know, around your room and different things like that to try to locate it. But it puts one layer of protection on there so that someone just can't guess your four-digit PIN code and get in. It's locked. And to unlock it, you have to type in your iCloud password, which is more complicated than a PIN code. Hopefully. And then there's a third thing you can do which I don't recommend and I don't think I'm ever going to do it is you can erase the contents of the phone oh. completely reset it to factory. Yeah. But you will never be able to do uh, locate my phone again when mm-hmm. that happens. Uh because it sets it to factory new. You I do believe you still have to enter the uh, iCloud password in order to use the phone. Yeah. To set it up again, to set it up again. But when you erase it, you're, you're not able to look back to find my phone. It disables that you okay. can't use, find my phone. So I'm leaving it in, enabled in case it wakes up again, six months from now, somewhere yeah. else, you know? Uh, anyway, so those are a couple of things, but here's the tip. Make sure on any of your devices that you have either iCloud backup or Google sync services turned on, so that the data that you're using on your phone, your pictures, the app settings that you have, the Wi-Fi networks that you've logged into over the your past, your
1: contacts, like I've mentioned before, so you don't have to post on Facebook. New phone, text me your number. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. So We're past that now, it's 2017.
0: Well, it's very simple on iPhone. Yes. And again, there are Android equivalents for this, and uh, look them up, or I'd be happy to find them for you later. But go into settings. And if you're running iOS 10, uh, the latest current operating system at the very top of the screen, you'll have your name with an iCloud uh, login area at the very top of your settings. Tap on that and then scroll down, probably half halfway down. And there is a option that shows find my phone and that can be turned on or off. And then there's iCloud backup and that can be turned on or off. So First off, you can synchronize your device with various services. You remember we talked about Apple's different various services and the revenue. You can sync your photos with iCloud Photo, your mail, your contacts, your calendars, reminders for notes, et cetera, et cetera. In most cases, all of those switches should be turned on unless you're doing something very specific with an application or you have some privacy sensitive information that you don't want to be synchronized over iCloud. But generally all of those little switches should be green and turned on. And then down towards the bottom of that list, you should have find my iPhone enabled and you should have iCloud backup enabled. So what iCloud backup does for you, when you lose your phone, you get your new phone, you sign into iCloud and it will say, "Hey, you have a backup from your previous device that happened you know last night at at three am Would you like to restore your phone using that backup? It will put all of your applications back on your phone in the location that those applications were it will resynchronize your Wi Fi passwords if you've logged into work and at home and at Google Starbucks and Xfinity, it'll restore all those things. And many other things that you really don't think about, it'll just put back on your phone. Those other things that the switches pertain to, which, you know, is like the the calendar and reminders, those allow you to restore those surfaces as is on any device. You don't have to restore from a backup, but you want to make sure that your contacts are being backed up continually and you can access them from other devices. It's very quick. It's very simple. Go into your iCloud settings, go in and turn those services on so that when and if you ever lose your phone or get gets stolen or it gets broken, it'll turn the replacement process into a five-minute ordeal versus like, a 10 hour
1: impossible <laughs> ordeal.
0: You can't restore photos if iCloud was not backing up yeah. your photos. You can't restore contacts if that switch is turned off. You just have to rebuild this stuff. So, yeah,
1: and I will say on top of that, uh just quick note I get one of the things I get a lot is people say my iPhone keeps popping up saying I'm out of storage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it will actually be your iPhone storage a lot of time it's your iCloud storage because they only give you 5 gigabytes free. Pay the $0.99 cents a month. Again, it's like LastPass. Pay 99 This is more important than LastPass. Yeah. And now we get LastPass for free. So now you've freed up $2 a month <laughs> so you can pay for this. But with... For ninety nine cents a month, I believe you get a hundred gigabytes now. I believe so. A hundred gigabytes of storage, so that way you don't have to worry. You can do the backups, you can do your photos, you can do all your applications and everything. And just, I do the one that's actually uh, the two hundred gigabyte, just because um, I've got a large device. I've got. I use the iCloud photo library, so I have eighty some gigabytes of pictures all up there.
0: And you have multiple devices which yes. are all using the yep. same iCloud same account. account. So if you have an iPad and an iPhone, five gigabytes generally is not going to be enough to back up all your stuff. You're going to want to have the bigger thing. Yes, for twelve measly dollars a year, you're already paying Apple a thousand dollars for your your phone and your services an extra twelve bucks will give you peace of mind so that you have storage to back up all the stuff yeah so-
1: and you can yeah the holistic cost for one losing pictures i that's why I have one backup as none backup because losing pictures i there's no excuse for it, but then contacts I mean if you lose all your contacts the amount of time just for that mm-hmm. to get all that stuff um and any memories anything else notes that you have on there all of that stuff so uh for ninety nine cents you get fifty gigabytes of storage. Oh, it's 50 gigabytes. Okay. And then I pay the two ninety nine a month for two hundred gigabytes. And then if you want, for ten dollars a month you can do two terabytes of storage, yeah. which is a lot. But they're also uh with the family sharing, they're also putting in where you could share data uh iCloud storage which you've never been able to before with so. other
0: family family members and friends or whatever you want to do yes as long as they're part of your iCloud family sharing yes very basic things if you run into trouble but my wife thought she had all this stuff turned on. Yes. And why it got turned off, I do not know. Was there an update? Was there someone messing on her phone? Did she inadvertently go in and turn it off one time? Did and she get
1: it- that message about the you're out of storage? So she went and clicked some stuff off so that it wouldn't bug her anymore. Well, right.
0: There was some message about a storage yeah. thing and she thought she had it set up. But it doesn't cost you anything to go into your settings and take a look yes. and just to make sure that iCloud is synchronizing with all of the built-in Apple services and that iCloud backup is turned on because it would have, made our lives much simpler yes
1: and it's very similar on android if you have a decent android phone you can do it through google yes uh, and you can pay a fee for storage there and it'll back everything up there
0: when you're on an android device and you log into your google account it will ask you do you want to synchronize this phone with your google account and it'll back up everything you'll back up your settings it'll back up your data you always want to say yes please do that and then you get your next device you log in with your google account and it'll say hey, you want to make this phone just like your last one? I mean, iCloud and the Google uh, services work very similarly. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think maybe I'll start charging people double when they have stuff that should have just been turned on for backup and say, hey, you've got to learn your lesson. because if this, Or maybe the first time it's regular price, the second time it's a double, third time you pay quadruple because uh, there's just no excuse for it. And so, yeah, this is a great reminder just go take a look at it make sure it's all backing up when you go in there and look under the iCloud storage what's being used it tells me my phone backed up last night while i was sleeping because mm-hmm. it was plugged in connected to wi-fi 303 a.m it did a full backup so i know that everything if my phone got stolen uh i've got the you know find my iphone i can lock it but i can get a new one and just load everything on there and not have to worry about it so
0: and for those of you who are budget conscious. It charges your credit card once per month versus the total $12 yes. or $24 at once. So if you're budgeting, yes. you can just have it bill you monthly. Yes. Or
1: or or just have somebody buy you iTunes gift cards for your birthday so you can use that for your storage. There you go. Uh, no excuse. So that was a super long Dave's Pro Tip of yeah. the Week. But it's good stuff. And we... Throughout a ton of information right there. So if you guys have any questions, we'll help, we'll walk you through it. We'll help you out. We want to make sure that you guys are taken care of, so you don't have to go through the same thing that Dave and his wife did this last week. Yeah. Uh, so let's get on to some takes this week. Uh, we're still in a pretty slow news period, and before we get to this first story, I will remind you that we are the most nonpartisan tech podcast on the internet, possibly the universe. (laughs) Um, There are many tech podcasts that get very partisan. Um, But this first story, you had actually posted it into our list of things to talk about before Mm -hmm. the horrible tragedy yesterday in Charlottesville. Some protests going on, and there was uh, one very mentally ill gentleman who decided that he needed to uh, hurt other people. Um, But the story you had was pretty interesting, that Airbnb, uh, which is a... I guess you, a major tourism company, a resort company, yeah. whatever you want to call it, just because they use people's houses, um, it's still the tourism industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it came out that they were actually actively researching people's accounts to try to see if they were connected to these protests that were going on in Charlottesville uh, and if it looked like they were part of a racist organization that, you know, I forget the, I was reading some stuff on it today, the organizations that kind of track all that stuff as Mm -hmm. far as, you know, the KKK and they have websites where the Southern Law Center, they map out all the different organizations that they kind of keep track of and Who they hate and why they hate them kind of a thing. Yeah. They were kind of using some of this information to actually ban guest accounts for Airbnb, which Mm -hmm. they've had some issues in the past with um, different discrimination, not just by race, but by age and different things, um, for people renting out their house, they would find out, you know, Oh, this is, you know, a bunch of 25 year olds. I'm not renting my house. Right. So they might wreck something. Yeah. So they've kind of started putting all these policies in place for that side of things. But this is kind of the first I've heard of, uh, the other side where they're actually actively looking at guests, so they were trying to keep these people away from mm-hmm. Charlottesville. And it sounded they're like... S-
0: they're saying, if you're a guest and we think you're a white supremacist, we're going to ban your account so you cannot use... Be a part of this. Yeah, you can't get a Airbnb to stay in for your event. Yes.
1: And it sounded like from the article that some of the thinking in the rentals what were that they were actually going to be kind of parties or meeting places for people kind of places for people to congregate. So it wasn't just, you know, the nice couple from uh, Kentucky coming to rent a room for the weekend. It was, you know, a large place where they thought that there might be some activity. Very interesting story. I mean, these huge tech companies have fine, fine lines to walk because you just do one thing, you know, if they started banning people that were protesting the protesters, then are you, you know, oh, man, yeah. I do not envy them on this stuff. The liabilities and decisions just, and where. Do, yeah, I mean, where do you draw the line? Is it somebody that likes the Facebook page for this group that happens to be trying to come into town that it's not related to that? So I don't know what kind of and can I say, no, I'm just going to Charlottesville. My you know aunt's in the hospital or yeah. my brother's having a kid. Right. can i come to town and they're just like nope your account's done we're not touching
0: you so the reason this is uh eligible for us to talk about is because there's this tech angle think of if there was an event coming to charlotte and it was just people staying in hotels and stuff you know they know this rally's coming our hotel's going to shut down their rooms and say no you can't come here because we don't philosophically believe with your ideals yes no it's just it's a conference you know you're a business Every, you know, you can't discriminate and all these things. But now since it's all virtual and it's ran with computers and these computer systems have tons and tons of data on all the guests and all their partners who are providing the rooms, they can manipulate the way these things work. Yeah. Like they've never have had the ability to in the past, you know, Uber's gotten in trouble for doing this stuff where they're like blocking areas or tracking people, doing a bunch of creepy stuff with all the location data that they have on their customers. So it's, it's similar in that the technology is being used to leverage a political ideal for right or for wrong. The conversation is should Airbnb be doing these types of things? Who is giving them the power to decide what is right and what is wrong? Yeah. Because when it's something that you say, "Well, obviously that is wrong, you need to leverage your technology to discriminate against those people. Yeah. Well, what happens when it's on you one time? Yeah. And you're like, "Well, wait, no, it was fine for the no, other. guy. Wrong. I'm yeah, not wrong. I'm not wrong.. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so it just it gives you pause, and it's like, oh, they have the ability to do this.. Yes. This time around, it's not me that's discriminated against, but next time around it might be where do you draw the line
1: yeah that's where the big question comes in we've had stories similar on facebook on where they have to draw the line and so it it becomes different when it is such a virtual like you were saying an international thing Mm -hmm. there's so many more levels to it and there was actually another uh story this week and i think it was pretty much just in the bubble might have escaped some was uh this letter that a google employee or a (laughs) Uh, diatribe. Employee. <laughs> employee. Uh employed formerly Google employee wrote about gender and diversity within Google mm-hmm. and uh it exploded. All the technology companies were looking at it and he ended up being fired for you know, they gave some reasons that, you know, kinda of made sense, but it was this huge it's like creating these very tough questions when you have these companies that have gotten so big mm-hmm. um, and then they can be uh, very partisan, you know, when the leadership of these companies is very partisan uh, just like in politics, things can get very partisan that uh, you have to figure out again, where's the line draw. Uh, at some point the companies have to make money like Airbnb. So if they say, Hey, we're not letting any Asian people rent any houses anymore because, they do weird things. It's yeah. like...
0: Oh, you may be associated with North Korea or something oh, yeah, like that. Yeah. So if you're Asian, we can't let you in.
1: So I I don't... Uh, I think we've done a very good job about being <laughs> nonpartisan on this as we yeah. try to be, uh, but still giving you guys a little bit of information just on these tough uh, decisions. And, you know, you can... I've tried to think through on some of these different stories, where do you draw the line? And it's not easy.
0: I'm glad I don't have to make the decision. Yeah. But sometimes a decision has to be made or you make no decision it's kind of a uh, a lose-lose scenario yeah, for them because yeah. if they did nothing people yeah. would be in outrage yes. and if they decide to do something people, people are would. in outrage yes. and so it's like a lose-lose so where do you take the the hit
1: i i yes i do not know i am sure that the a lot of these large com- companies have learned very quickly that they need some uh, very wise counsel through lawyers through mm-hmm. hr People through third-party companies to make these decisions instead of just going and ha- willy-nilly into it.
0: And heaven forbid people outside of their tech bubble to yeah. help them make decisions. Yes.
1: yes, or yes, because there's a lot of talk about Silicon Valley, especially being a super tech bubble where uh, people, you know, the Bay Area is very uh, left-leaning and mm-hmm. so it tends to be very isolated there as far as the rest of the country and the rest of the world um, so you lose a lot of perspective when you have most of your people all making over a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> a year and having very similar backgrounds and mindsets as yeah
0: and they all agree with you
1: yeah so. engineers and designers so enough of that because we do want to keep non-partisan but we want to um, hang
0: under our title of the most non-partisan tech podcast on the internet and yes. i think we succeeded
1: i think so i'll have some links in the show notes obviously you can Uh, Do some more reading into that. And if you have feedback, if you have thoughts, please let us know. Next story, this one, this is a tough one. So I put it in the show notes as a possible not news story. So there was a story in The Atlantic that was published. Um, There is a lady, I believe her name's Jean Twenge, but she has written a book about the title of the article, Have Smartphones Destroyed a Generation? And it's talking about looking at a lot of statistics on teenagers and kind of the I generation, they're calling them, this next generation that mm-hmm. have grown up using devices. And so it, it's kind of interesting to look through and see what she kind of took away from it. A lot of the discussion I've heard on it is. Every generation says this about the next generation, you know when the printing press came around, everybody was saying, "Oh, everybody's going to sit around, and read books, <laughs> you know, and when cars came around, oh, they're going to be driving. This is you know we can't control this, yeah, and so some of it's the fear of the unknown. We don't know what a generation that's only had these devices. they only know devices. My biggest problem with this article, if you get about three quarters of the way down, I think. Maybe if it's going to load up here. This is
0: a long article.
1: It is a long article, and I think there's a book that's even longer. For some reason, mine is not loading It's because you have
0: all those ads on there. Uh, here's a, a little pro tip. If you're on Safari web browser, click the little icon at the top that shows reader view, and mm-hmm. it'll make it much more streamlined for you. Let me too.
1: see if I can go into Safari where I do have a ad blocker. So, if we get about halfway down in the article, uh, they have some graphs for those of you that are friends with me on Facebook as real friends, not just not nerd friends, you will know that I post a lot of pictures of the graphs that they show on the yeah. local news oh, for boy. the weather people that are horribly scaled and just like columns will be the wrong height, like ten will be higher than twelve yeah, on these charts,
0: and eighty and ninety will be the same height. Yes. Yes.
1: And so the charts on here, I have some major problems with because you look at the first one on here, number one, not hanging out with friends times per week. Teenagers go out without their parents. So they go from 1976 to 2015. Now, if you just glance at this chart and they have 12th graders, 10th graders and eighth graders, uh, apparently, we only started tracking 10th graders and 8th graders in 1990. <laughs> yeah. They didn't exist before that. I I'm not, not sure. It was just um, We didn't graders. care about them until they were 12th graders. But if you looked at this graph, you would think that 8th graders and, and 10th graders n- are getting near zero for going out. Mm-hmm. But if you look on the left side, a little math pro tip from someone who lettered in math, and you look at the scale, it goes from 2.9 times to 1.9 times. So basically, in 1976, 12th graders hung out without their parents outside of the house with their friends three times per week. Now, in 2015, it's 2.3 times per week. But wouldn't you say that looking at that scale... (laughs) Yeah. It's
0: way less. Yeah.
1: that They were doing it 100 times. You would think it was 29 times and now they're doing it two times yeah. the way that they have these pictures scaled, which it's like, there's great information here. Why do you have to sensationalize this? Which yeah. we know because they're the press and they have to get clicks. So the difference between 22.3 2.
0: and 2.9 is very small. Yes. And when you think about a day, you're now you're talking about numbers of hours per that one day. Yeah. So it's a very subtle difference. Very subtle.
1: In 10th and 8th graders, it's basically uh, 2.5 times down to 1.9 times. So half a time less, Yeah. which you would expect it to be a lot more than that. You would. The way people talk, you would think, people, kids never go outside. Yeah, but, they're all
0: white and pasty because yes. they never see the sun.
1: Uh, so the next one, in no rush to drive, this is one that a lot of people talk about, the fact that kids aren't getting their driver's license as quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And you look at the chart and they also, they pin everything. They have 2007 marked as when the iPhone was released. And then it's a steep decline after that. But if you had an actual real scale on there. So the two charts on this one is 12th graders drove at all in the past year, have a driver's license. So it went from 85% in 1976, which seems really high Uh, The peak was almost up to 90%. Yeah. Had their driver's license as 12th graders. And now in 2015, it's at 75%. Because Um, the
0: scale goes from 70 to 90. 70 to 90. It doesn't go from zero. zero. (laughs) So
1: just a little, another math pro tip. If you're making a chart, start your Y-axis at zero. Because that's how you get a good perspective on what's going on. Um, But... Again, she's trying to sell books. Uh, So it goes on less dating. They're doing less dating and less uh, more intimate affairs. But again, it's gone down uh, less than 10%.
0: But there are so many reasons why these things are happening. Example, I don't have to go to the store all the time because guess what? I order half my crap on Amazon.com. I don't drive as much as I used to. Hey, guess what? My teacher can give me homework assignments via the internet? Yes. Wow, I don't have to go to school and go pick up the paper I that I forgot. I don't go to the library
1: to research. Yeah. We have food in our house because we're not living, you know, we don't have to go to the market every day to pick yeah. up our head of lettuce like we did in way back in 1976. Yeah,
0: so society has changed. Yeah. And the internet has made physical uh contact and communication irrelevant in many cases you don't need to do it you can still communicate with people but you're not required to physically be near someone to do so
1: these kids are just way ahead of us in holistic cost they can have the communication without wasting the time of leaving the house
0: well think about me i live i grew up in kansas and in my part of the world you were were, farming
1: every day you were (laughs) foraging we were hunters and gatherers you guys had to go out every day to catch your (laughs) raccoons for dinner
0: the truth is I remember a time when we still were on a party line. It was us and our cousins and some neighbors down the line were all we had one telephone in our house. Wow. And we all were all on a party line. If I wanted to hang out and talk to my friend for 2 hours, I couldn't do that because yeah. everyone else needed to use the phone. Yeah. So now with text messaging, so I had to get together with people yeah. to communicate now. Each of my kids has their own device where they can connect with anyone in the world. Yeah, it's not required. We don't have a party line anymore.
1: Well, and ask the movie theaters how they're doing <laughs> since nineteen seventy six, because people can get a little bit of content at home. So, yeah, yeah it, you take it all with a grain of salt, but it is—it's something we do need to be a, uh, pay attention to. Another one that I thought was interesting: the more likely to feel lonely. And so this one—how do they me-
0: how do they measure this? I don't
1: know percentage of eight. Tenth and twelfth graders who agree or mostly agree with the statement: I often feel left out of things, or a lot of times I feel lonely. So the um, both of them they kind of mirror each other. So they were apparently at the all-time low in two thousand and seven when the iPhone was released, and they went (coughs) in nineteen ninety one. They were at. We'll just go with the often feel left out 30%. It dipped down to 25%. And now it's all the way, all the way up to the top of the chart at 33%. Yeah. So it it has changed since 1991, 3%. But I would argue two things. One, kids are a lot more in touch with their feelings now than they were in... When I was... 1991, I had no no clue what was... I didn't know there was other people existed. Yeah. And the second thing is, it's the uh, the FOMO, the fear of missing out, because everybody's posting on Instagram that they're having the best time ever every yeah. day, so you feel like, well, I'm not having the best time ever every day, so it's, I feel left out.
0: It's confirmation bias. They're just seeing all the good stuff and not any yeah. of the bad stuff. But I would disagree with this chart. I know we're getting boring here. The low point, or the people felt most included yeah. The same year the iPhone came out and then it started to drop off after that. This data, I know. I'm questioning it right now. Yeah. That it exactly corresponds when. How many teenagers do you know had the iPhone day one? None.
1: It, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It so was the fact a, that it just started jumping up.
0: What was it, what's my quote? $800 for a cell phone? <laughs> yes. Nobody's buying their kids' cell phones when the iPhone first came out. Anyway, I think all this data is suspect anyway.
1: Well, and the way they chart it makes it uh, less trustworthy. The last one, less likely to get enough sleep. Um, You would think this chart, looking at it without the numbers on it, you would say from 1991 to 2015, if you did not have the scale on the left, if you just looked at what should be a normal chart, it would look like it went from about 5% up to about 80%. Yeah, It went from 25% 25% to 40% which again
0: it's a lot
1: who get less than 7 hours of sleep most nights i don't
0: yeah you know, so more kids because they have
1: too much homework they give them they
0: have too many activities yeah
1: so yeah. Uh, anyways It's a good, long read, but as always, it might be a little not news, so take it with a grain of salt. It is somebody trying to, um, yeah, this article has been adopted from Gene M. Twenge's forthcoming book, iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant, Less Happy, and Completely Unprepared for Adulthood, and What That Means for the Rest of Us. So, yeah, who knows?
0: I'm going to call it now. There's going to be a lot of critics to this book. Yes. (laughs) And it's Uh, not going to be remembered. I'm sure
1: that there already are. One quick story, the Consumer Reports, uh, they've had some bad things to say about Apple before, um, but they just came out this week and said they really don't (laughs) like Microsoft's Surface, well, basically any of their computer hardware. Yeah, Um, They gave it very poor ratings, which everybody's shocked, but my experience with them has been bad. And everybody I've heard talk to say they're just not great devices mm-hmm. and they didn't um they get praised by the tech media because it's Microsoft and they want you know, apparently they want them to take back over Apple or something. They're telling
0: a story there's going to be a hero and a villain yeah. in every story and right yeah. now Apple's the villain for yeah. them and they need Microsoft to be the hero.
1: Yes, yes. So Consumer reports, if you take some people don't put a lot of faith in their tech reporting, but you can read that and see what they had to say. It was all pretty close. Apple was by far in the best. It was for laptops and tablet devices within the first two years, the percentage chance of having to have something repaired. And so Apple came in at 10 percent. So one in 10 of their computers or tablets, whereas Microsoft came in at 25 percent. So one in four would have some serious issues in the first two years based on, I think they looked at about 12,000 total devices to get their data in a survey. So with that, we've got a couple other stories that we'll talk about next week uh, because I want to get to our Picks Picks of the Week. week.
0: Well, this is going to be kind of a a weird pick (laughs) because I'm not picking anything in particular or I'm not aligning myself with an actual product or brand. It's a family of products. Many people out there in the world want to protect their investments. They spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on smartphones, so they buy cases and they buy screen protectors. Well, I'm partial to glass screen protectors because I like the way the smooth glass feels versus like a plastic or kind of a rubberized sticky. sticky. Yeah. Uh, I feel like your
1: fingers getting stuck on it as yeah. you're going across.
0: So I like the smooth thing, like the original glass. Yet yeah, I'm clumsy sometimes and I drop it. And I don't wanna break the screen or you know, land face down on concrete or whatever like that. So I use a glass screen protector and I recommend those to you. But sometimes it's like, do I go to the mall and pay a lot of money and have them install it? Or do, what, what do I buy? Well, there are many great opportunities on Amazon to buy products. A, probably a three pack of screen protectors for your device for around 10 bucks. It's They're not that expensive. But the problem, you think, well, am I going to put it on straight? Am I going to get dust under it? That one little
1: bubble, that (sighs) one little air bubble and piece of dust. Yeah.
0: So that's why you kind of want to get more than one. But I will tell you with glass screen protectors, they go on in a much more forgiving way. The Mm. bubbles and the dust and all those things don't really show up if you happen to get one under there. But I'm going to tell, I'm going to share with you quickly how to prevent many of those things from happening. And there are great tools included with these glass hmm. screen protectors these days, they give you like little cleaners and alcohol pads and uh, little pieces of tape and strips of stuff. So what you want to do is you want to align your glass screen protector on top of your phone and get it like perfect. Don't take off any, any of the sticky protection stuff just as it comes out of the box, just put it on your phone exactly where you want it to be. Then to the left or right side, You want to put a piece of tape, a couple pieces of tape, and you're forming a hinge in which the glass can peel back so that you can remove the protective coating and then slam it back down onto the screen perfectly because the tape's holding it in place. So you make your little hinge and you, you open it up. Now you get your alcohol pad or your some type of cleaning solution and you clean your screen off really nice. There's no greasy fingerprints under there. And then um, oftentimes these kits will come with a tiny little uh, anti-scratch cloth. Now, here's the extra mile. Some of these kits will come with a piece of tape that you roll backwards around your finger. And then you can kind of dab the screen with the sticky part of the tape. If you don't have one of those in the screen protector kit that you get or if you buy one at the store, just get a piece of scotch tape or packing tape, roll it backwards on your finger in a loop, and then tacky side down on your screen will pick up bits of dirt and debris and pull it right off your screen. Hmm. Right after you do that, peel the protective layer off of your screen protector, lay it back down on its hinge onto the face of the glass, press out any air bubbles or whatever, and then remove the tape sides. And I've done this a couple times recently, and it turns out really nice. nice. I did well. So when Valerie had to yeah. get a different phone. I put one immediately on her phone, 100% in alignment, perfect, no air bubbles, no dust. It's great. You're also going to want to find a room that has still air. It's like you're not going to be in an air conditioned room or with a fan (laughs) fan blowing right on you. Yeah. Under some tree that's pollinating or something like that. So you do want to take a look at your surroundings, but I have confidence in this audience. You can do it. You don't have to pay somebody at the mall to do it. Buy the thing for ten bucks, put it on your phone, uh, you can figure it out. But the hinge method transformed my life.
1: Yeah, I've never tried one of the glass ones. I used the old ones and then I just gave up. But uh, looking on Amazon while you were talking, I'll put a link in. It looks like their Amazon's choice is the Mister Shield
0: brand, and that's the one that I got.
1: Yeah, three pack for six bucks. That's exactly. Uh, and they the have one. all the different. Uh, phone sizes, and lifetime replacement warranties. So mm-hmm. we'll get a link with, to all those for Samsung, Apple. Yeah. Uh,
0: and it comes with all the little stickers yeah. to make hinges. It comes with the lint-free cloth. It comes with the alcohol pad wipes. Everything you set. need. Do That's
1: it. it. I think I might even do it. Maybe uh, yeah. I'll make a video to show people how to how I messed it up so <laughs> they can do it right the next time. Um, my pick of the week is... I'm going to let people a little bit behind the curtain. I'm going to give you one of my secrets for finding uh, great tech stuff to talk about or finding out about new products. And it is a website called Product Hunt. So it is a uh, company, I guess you would say. They have an app. They have a website. Uh, They send out an email. So I get the email every day uh, so I can look at it. I am not like, familiar with this. So, like hunting for products. Okay. That makes, makes sense. sense. Mm-hmm. They've been around a couple of years and they've got a very kind of Silicon Valley upstart feel to them, very hip, trendy. They always have animated GIFs in their emails and their daily emails actually pretty impressive. They usually mm-hmm. have one spotlight product that they talk about that's or a category they do these curated lists for different things for businesses or startups or people or backups or, you know, just all these resources. And then what happens is anybody can submit a new product service website okay. to the site. And then people just scroll through there endlessly and they can upvote things. Uh, they can okay. also have, they have a comment thread for each thing. So let's say, and they'll do everything. So like Apple, the new iPhone they announced next month, they'll have that on there and it'll probably end up being one of the top upvoted things of the year. Yeah. Uh, You know, the new Tesla, even everything from that down to little, very niche website. That's actually where I found the 10 years ago. Okay. Um, So then people, what about
0: fidget spinners? Are those on there?
1: uh, They, they (laughs) might've been at some point, Um, but those might not get upvoted. So that's the thing I like. So I get the email and after they do a highlight on whatever they want to talk about, they'll do like the top five things from the previous day. Hmm. So then I can go through that and they'll give a little description and it'll say, you know, this great tool for people that build, build websites. So I'll check that out. So it gives you a chance to really look at things you want to and find some new, you know, whether it's a Kickstarter and the great thing with, then they have an app too, where you can just scroll through there so it's kind of like a reddit or something, but specifically yeah. for new products,
0: yeah, this seems like it's a dig dot com or yeah. a reddit where someone puts in a product and then the community will vote it up or down and make comments, so yeah, so very it's neat.
1: very specific to that, and then if you hunt your or submit your own product to the site or if somebody else does it, then you can register as the official owner of that, so you oh. can actually have like authentic communication with people because people will ask questions. They'll be like, well, how's this service different than, you know, this other one that I use? Or why do you think you're better than Netflix and all this different stuff? So it's, it's really a valuable tool and I've found some great stuff through it. So I'll try to, uh, going forward as I find stuff there to share with you guys also remind you that I found it through product hunt, but, um, sign up for the email newsletter Pops into your inbox every day, and it's one of the one of the few of those types of emails that I'll always check because I want to see kind of what's going on in the world of. It's usually technology related or yeah, uh, close to that. So, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for telling friends. Thank you for asking questions. Uh, we always get those questions. My iPhone's doing weird stuff, or my computer won't turn on. Can you help me? Keep those coming. We love that stuff. We love sharing this stuff with you guys because it's already in our head, mm-hmm. and uh, we love talking about it. So with that, we'll talk at you next week.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble finding words today. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So every, what are you laughing? <laughs>
1: Yoko oh, no.
0: You were talking... Okay. I can't put that in the bloopers. <laughs> oh, no.
1: That one will be a special Patreon blooper someday.
0: <laughs> okay, so please start again and I'll be more than 12 this time. Yes. Tightener. I'm barely newer. <laughs>
1: that one still gets me every time. I love that.